welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. And joining us now, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B Bobby Blaze. What's happening, Bobby? Hey, yo. Say hello to the bad guy. Hey, man. It's just Bobby Blaze out here. We're going to do a tribute to uh, Scott Hall, who sadly passed away at the age of 63. And, um, just thought I'd do a, a, a terrible hillbilly impersonation of him, of course. But um, how about let's do a podcast on Scott today? Yeah, I think that sounds like a, a fine idea. Yeah. You you had asked me I, whatever day it was, and too soon, and I was like, maybe. But then I'd seen, you know, several other YouTube and other podcasts had mentioned him in the past week, and I thought, well, we better go ahead and run with ours and, and put that in there because it's um, a very interesting topic of a very talented, talented man. Yeah, a talented wrestler, you know. So, well, and I didn't uh, we'll want to back to that in a minute if you want. Yeah, and I didn't want to seem exploitative, but you know, I mean, if there's a time to do it, because we are yeah. we are running down a clock, so if there's a time yes. to do it, it's probably now. Yeah, and instead of doing a top ten, because we didn't really collaborate, uh, we'll just go off some different different things, you know, that, that memories, and I got a couple shared stories, and um, you know, everything will be cool about it. Um, did want to start off some things uh, outside the Scott Hall news, of course. Um, did you hear about Big E breaking his neck, I guess, in two places, man? Yeah, I did. I heard about that, and I've seen where he's been posting some, I don't know if they were TikToks or on Twitter or whatever, but it's him, like, running around with his, with his, uh, what do you, the, whatever that neck brace is, those really strict yeah. ones, <laughs> but it's singing songs and stuff, trying to keep busy. <laughs> yeah. Um he seems like he has a positive attitude. Yeah. Um, and I met him once uh, just in passing kind of thing. And he, I've always heard good things about how positive he is and, and what a good dude he is. Um, so I hope he does have a speedy recovery, but I'm not so sure, you know, um, they're saying or whoever they are, doctors, et cetera, he might not have wrestled. I hope that's not the case. But, um, you know, think about this. He's a big, strong man. And that's how, uh, you know, big bump. Uh, outside the ring, which is crazy, but that just shows you it can happen to anyone yep. um, if you're not careful. And, um, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that's sad. It happens this business, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad he's not paralyzed or, you know, um, worse, you know, yeah. from that. Well, look, I mean, you know, it's it's a dangerous sport. Uh, even, even an expert like Owen Hart fucked up and broke uh, Steve Austin's neck. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to keep that kind of shit in mind. You know, it's it's all the best intentions, all the safety measures you want. Yeah, can't can't overcome gravity. Yeah, I'm a I'm a member of that club for the neck surgery myself back in '04. Um, I remember uh, being a TV taping and Barry Horowitz myself and I can't remember who who someone was standing there uh, that Barry was going to work. But anyway, Arn was the man. You know, at the time. Uh, the agent and I was just standing there. I, I don't know if I'd got my finish or Arnold. I was just speaking, but Barry walked up. I know who it was, and that was Lash Larue. And Barry said, um, "You know, hey Arn, this kid wants to do this. You know." And he goes, "I'm trying to tell him I've had neck surgery. I'm not. You know, I don't want to do it." And you know, Lash was a, a really good dude and a hell of a talented wrestler. But I guess he wanted to try something, and uh, he was he was a student at the power plant, you know, and get that TV push. And Arn just said. Hey, hey, Barry, you ain't got to tell me anything. 
I'm a member of the same club, you know? yeah. and uh, he said, and this before I had my sir, and he goes, don't do anything you don't want to do with them. Lash, just listen to them, you know, one of those kind of things. And like, yeah, that's um, that's not something you want to fuck around with, man. Nope. Neck so, injuries are not, are not light. They are not an easy thing. Let's talk about something a little bit lighter. Um, have you heard anything about Tony Storm starting her OnlyFans page? Because I've told you for years, you brought it up. You never did start our Oli. <laughs> it was you wanted to start a OnlyFans. OnlyFans, yeah. And it was either Sean or Adam or one of those guys who said that the perfect companion site to that would be Arnhub. Arnhub. <laughs> That'd be great, man. Be yeah. great. But no, so Tony Storm, she's um, you know she asked for her release about three months ago. From my understanding, uh, the ninety day clause is up in about a week. But um, I don't know that she's going to be seeking employment um, with the wrestling company. Or if she does, she can be very selective as to who she works for because she started her club. It's nineteen ninety five. Um, in the first hour, she had like sixteen hundred fifty. Uh, or the whole time she had 1,650 uh, subscribers, but in the first hour she broke a $10,000 mark. And for the day, with that many subscribers, you do the math, and it was like $33,000 for, for the day's work, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, someone reported it was a half a day, and someone reported it was an 11-hour day. Either way, she made the wages of what some people are lucky enough to make, you know, uh, she did it one day. Yeah. They make in a year. Um well, I'm not so sure what she's doing nudity-wise or not, but from what I understand, it's just like uh, some of them are pictures of just, you know, older promo-type <laughs> pictures and stuff like that that's never been seen. Uh, I don't know. What I read on Twitter, somebody wrote, uh, Tony Storm just made, and I can't remember what dollar amount or whatever they said, or has thousands of guys paying 20 bucks a month to see pictures that uh, Divas used to give away for free in 2001. Yeah. You know, yeah, something like that. That's what I'd read. Okay. Uh, I read that uh, somewhere, but I, you know, like OnlyFans, I think is a OnlyFans, OnlyFans, <laughs> I think is a great way for women to, you know, or for anybody really, but it's women who yeah. are really taking advantage of it. Uh, they've got a platform, they've got an audience, people are willing to pay to see whatever they're doing. They're not being exploited or hopefully not being exploited by somebody else doing it all of their own free will. Right. And they can really take ownership of, you know, hey, I've got this and it's this much to see it. The thing that bothers me is just like every other platform, you know, Bobby, you and I, we podcast, we're, we're small time entertainers. And then guys like Joe fucking Rogan come in and get a hundred million dollar a year contract, <laughs> even though they could have a TV show and they could do all this other shit. But instead, they decide to come play in our yard, you know. And so what happened, like, um, that OnlyFans, that Bella Thorne signed up one day mm -hmm. and apparently mm -hmm. made, made a million dollars in 24 hours or something. Yeah, I think so. And then didn't even show her tits, even though she was promising to do fully nude. Mm. And what it did was so many people asked for their money back that OnlyFans put all these other things in place that are going to hurt small, independent people who are using this platform. Yeah. You know, it's not going to hurt Bella Thorne. She's got millions of dollars right. already. Yeah. I've got you. I follow what you're saying. Yeah. I'll go back and say this too. You know, Tony Storm can do what she wants to. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's, she, she's a, she's a grown woman mm -hmm. and, um, you know, she's an adult and if that's the way I have no problem with it whatsoever. And, and, and I would tell any, and I'm, I, you know, I've have several people, females I've trained in wrestling and, and I'm all for all the women. I want to see this, 
the empowerment they have, and I want to see them do good in the business. And if they have other ventures outside the business that's, that they're making money from, then you can do whatever the hell yeah. you want to do. If it's not, if you're not hurting anyone else or been exploited in any way, um, it's your body. Um, you work your ass off in a gym. You eat good. You tan. You do it, whatever you have to do. Um, and I know different people have different body types. They're into different things or what have you. But um, it's more power to her. You know, people oh, yeah, absolutely. criticize this and that. Uh, she's writing her own ticket to, like I said, it goes back to, well, um, if she wants to wrestle, whether it be, you know, overseas or, you know, we'll throw out AEW, Ring of Honor or impact anywhere else because maybe because she really does love the wrestling business and, and still wants to have matches somewhere uh she can be very selective as to what who she works for and what she does in the ring because she knows that she can walk away from it again if she needed to well yeah and that's kind of nice that you know somebody has other sources of income so they're not under the gun with somebody who's holding out a contract or you yeah. know whatever I know we spoke off her. I'm not so sure about this. Um, and I know she requested her. I was getting as if, I'm not so sure if this was a final straw. I know she requested, you know, she wanted her, she wanted to walk out of her contract um, to be released, you know. But um, I guess she felt like she wasn't being used right for her talent. Um, and eventually she got involved into the program with uh, Charlotte. And from my understanding, I guess it just escalated to uh, basically a pie-to-face match or something. And, I'm again, I'm not saying it as a final straw. I'm just saying, okay, um, maybe that's not something, you know, she necessarily wanted to do. She wanted to be taken more seriously as a wrestler. You know, I, I honestly don't know. I'm just saying, throwing things out there. Now she's in a position, has that uh, alternate income, uh, and, and under she can do as she pleases and post what she wants to on her OnlyFans page, you know. And, and get that audience. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> same thing if she does it. I don't know if she does or not, but I know, uh, you know, the Twitch thing, people make money off of that. Maybe she has one of those, maybe she doesn't. But either way, I guess when WWF or E found out, you know, all these people are making money off the Twitch, they started wanting money from, you know, they they started getting money, I guess, or getting taking ownership of some of the people's Twitch well, accounts. Well, basically what they said, there. what they said was they could have no third party platforms. Um, yeah. So you yeah. had to shut down, you know, if you were a W, well, you know what here? Okay. So um, you lost your income off of that. Yeah. Basically. Well, but watch what I'm going to say here. If you're a WWF okay. employee, you know, you're not allowed to do that. Bobby, you notice a problem there in that, that idea? Well, you're a self-contracted person. You're not yeah. an employee, per se. Yeah, Otherwise, so, you should be getting fucking benefits and unemployment benefits uh -huh. and health insurance and all that. So, yeah, are you an employee uh, if they're saying you cannot um, have a third-party um, income source? Yeah, so how how do you have it both ways, I guess is yeah. my question. Um it seems ridiculous to me that you could have a contracted worker and then you can make demands about what they do when they're outside of contract. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's like a contractor, as you know, okay. Uh, a plumber, mm -hmm. uh, 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 a roofer, uh, you know, whatever it is. And I know you, you know, we're, we're both familiar with these type of, you know, uh, labor type. Uh, so you come to my house and install carpet or whatever it is. But when you leave here, Jeremy, you're not allowed to do anything else. You're not allowed to go down the street and 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 install carpet in someone else's home. Um, you're not allowed to, um, you know, advertise that you're available next week as this job finishes up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy. 
Yeah. Because you know? you're my employee now. That You can't do that. You're an independent contractor. You can go to my next-door neighbor and say, hey, yeah, I'm doing a hell of a job. Or for Bobby, ask him. And I'm going to say, hell, yeah, he's doing a good job because they want carpet. And then yeah. you got a job lined up for the next week, you know, and you say, oh, by the way, I don't work Saturdays because on Saturdays I, I've got another deal where I, you know, do plumbing only on that day or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, uh, so you can do what the fuck you want. Um as a self-contractor. You would think, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you think so. Yeah. So but that's, anyway. that. yeah, that's one of those things now. Yeah. Well, back to Tony Storm. Good luck to her. Yeah. She obviously has done good with it for the first day. Um, I hope she can, some of those are three and six months, maybe your subscriptions, however she bundles those up. And I encourage any woman, um, uh, men too, if, if you got a platform out there and you got a way, to, like... It's that thing like Dean told me so many years ago, you know, uh, so many guys don't let the business use you learn to use yeah. the business, you know, and that's the thing. Um, and if that's where you get your publicity from, uh, from being on TV or magazines and internet matches, whatever, you know, the exposure is, is that people know who you are with that many followers, et cetera. And she's certainly a beautiful girl. Um, then, you know, let her do what the hell she wants to do and, Oh, yeah. negative stuff you know what I'm saying I know a couple people have their only fans page and um I'm happy for them you yeah know? no it's it's like I, you I said it's a posted it's a she don't post any nudity I'm sorry no no, no. Sorry. it's it's a it's a great opportunity for somebody you know and in, in I don't know what city people are in or whatever blah 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 yeah but you got somebody off from cousin fuck Alabama who literally can get a job at a fucking mine or something and that's that's it for upward mobility in yeah. that area but they're good looking and they start this kind of page and they get lucky and they hit it and they're making 10,000, 20,000 a month or, you know, what 5,000 a month, whatever it would be to change their life. Yeah. It's an opportunity to change your life. And then I hear people, Oh, getting by on your looks. I've never heard anybody complain about somebody getting by on their math skills. <laughs> you know, I've never heard anybody get, you know, complain about somebody getting by on their good turn of phrase. I don't yeah. understand ridiculing people for getting by on their looks, yeah. you know? That's almost the uh, opposite of body shaming, but your body shaming is one for their fucking beauty. Exactly. Know? Exactly. That's crazy. It is. Crazy. It's all yeah. sorts of backwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, that's cool. I mean, I, I think it's yeah. great. And like you and I have talked about in the past, like you should have seven, eight, nine things you're working on, even if it's only to make five to 10 bucks a week with it. But yeah. uh, other places for things to be coming in only makes sense especially if you're you know you're a hustler and like you most of your life you were an independent contractor basically um and it only makes sense to continue to look for other avenues to make money so i, I think it's great that this is a platform that's out there where people can do it yeah, you know i agree with you hey real quickly now let's do two things one i'm gonna mm -hmm. give a shout out to jeff uh he was the one that got a hold of the administrative page for the uh, bell to bell .com. Um, Beltabellblaze.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Concerned about the books. Um, I did, uh, he reached out to me. We've talked a couple of times and um, he's purchased a couple of books and um, t shirt, DVD, and stuff. And I just uh, want to let him know uh, he's he's become a listener here just in the last few months. And he says he's got a lot of catch it up to do, but he really loves it. Uh, the podcast. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, Jeff, if you're listening to this week, it'll be out on Tuesday. I would imagine either Monday or Tuesday, your stuff will be shipped out to you. And I appreciate that very much. Uh, I'll be sure and kick Jeremy a couple bucks back too. Um, that's just the way it works. Um, 
with that said, I told him, Jeremy, I said, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a good podcast and I appreciate you listening to it. I said, if I could just get Jeremy to quit saying F-bombs. And anyway, when I woke up this morning, I had a return message because that's been ongoing. You know, we're always fuck this, fuck that. He said, uh, he said, thanks. And had done, took care of the PayPal thing. And it's like, uh, uh, don't worry about the F-bombs. That's what makes the show sometimes, you know, because you guys are out there just talking like guys talk, you know, so I appreciate that. Uh, so anyway, thanks to the administrator for getting it over to me and we took care of it and we'll, we'll, kick out something to you too, professor uh real quickly this week's podcast will be brought to you by once again time warp jeremy time yes. warp okay let's do the time warp again video games sports fans nostalgia enthusiasts are you ready for a time warp i'm always ready for a time warp there you go yeah there you go time warp is a brick and mortar hobby shop <laughs> with a huge selection of everything sports gaming and collectibles in downtown ashland kentucky <clears throat> with two locations in the ashland town center they've got vintage toys sports cards collectibles and tons of wrestling merchandise it's the largest selection of memorabilia in a tri-state area time warp also has an exclusive exclusive an intensive <laughs> not exclusive, Bobby. Intensive inventory of vintage and current video games and consoles. It's a 100% must visit for retro gamers. And I know you're going to be visiting, Jeremy, so you better save some money. Mm -hmm. uh, Time Warp buys your collectibles daily or open seven days a week, 363 days a year because they're only closed on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Check them out at their Facebook page at Time Warp Ashland. Thank you, Earl. Thank you, Time Warp. They've been really good to me and a lot of people. And I'll mention them later on about a show they're going to have sponsored um, towards the end of the podcast. But uh, you going to come down here and visit that place or not? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. You know, I got I got to get to get to and from Greece before then. And hopefully there's right, no right. nuclear war. Um, you know, because that was the, my mom's been calling. All right, you're canceling your trip to Greece, right? And I'm like, no, she's but there could be a nuclear war. I'm like, that's why I better hurry up and go, huh? <laughs> you know if they're gonna blow All athens right, off the face of the planet i better see it now yeah there you go but i hope you have a good trip when you do go oh thank you i, I should it's it's gonna be uh two days in new york nine days in greece and then a night in new york when we head back yeah i i don't see uh, outside of a nuclear war being mugged i don't really see a way for it to go bad there you go yeah there you go. All right, well, let's talk about Scott Hall. How about that? We'll take yeah. a break about midway through and talk about some books and stuff. But yeah. uh, in the meantime, uh, big Scott Hall, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, and then we'll, we'll back up from here what we talked about. I remember him uh, from back when. Everyone does, of course. Uh, I knew him, met him a time or two in Florida when I lived down there. And um, I'm just going to throw this out. We'll reverse back from that or go forward. Uh, the Diamond Stud, remember that? Yes. So I just kind of want to give a start. That's kind of a midway point we can kind of start with and go either way. So yeah, well, it's, yeah, we can go back because um, I, you know, I, I've got a new uh, coworker and he's a 29 year old kid. So you know, right about my kid's age, um, and he was a big like when he was a little kid, he was big pro wrestling fan. So he mm -hmm. knew who Scott Hall was. So we were sitting there talking about it because um, they hadn't announced that he had passed away yet, but they said that the family was talking about taking them off life support right. and that, that usually means you're not getting better. Um, so I pull up this picture of Scott Hall with the, uh, 
Oh, the Indian style uh, bra- arm braces that he used to wear in the AWA, and he's got the mm-hmm. big floofy hair, and he looks like a Magnum TA clone almost. Right, right. And I was like, showed him that picture, and I go, "That's what Scott Hall looked like when I first saw him." Was, Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, a little, <laughs> little different, huh?" Yeah. Uh, he was he was tag partners with uh, Kurt Henning when I first saw him. Yes, me too. Uh, I met him uh, down in Florida. The uh, I'd go to the. Um, Sundays, they ran the Eddie Graham Sportatorium, and I was just going down there on weekends to Tampa to train some, so I lived up in the Orlando area. But um, apparently, he was in a supermarket and um, ran into Barry Windham, and, uh, you know, big, strong guy, of course, and uh, they started talking, and Barry said, you know, what do you do? And he said, well, I'm, you know, kind of in your business trying to get into it, and this is, you know, town time Barry was you know huge in Florida time yeah. you know, anyway and he goes well who's training and he goes well I'm training with Hero Masuda and Barry said fuck that man he said all he's gonna have you doing is Hindu squats and push-ups all the damn time uh you know for a six-pack of beer he said uh be over to the sportatorium tomorrow at a certain time and so I guess he went over the next day on a Sunday or something and I guess Kearns and Wyndham and whoever else was there at the office that time, they started they started pushing him along, get some some you know in the ring training. I think he said as uh, as an old interview, the first time he was suplexed. Um, but when I heard about him too, uh, it's kind of funny. I knew a guy that ran some uh, uh, nightclubs in in Florida, and I hadn't moved down there yet. But anyway, uh, he was telling me about this wrestler that you know worked for him sometimes at the door, and. Um, he said, "Man, this guy fucking wrestled alligators. He's he's big Scott Hall, you know." And I'm yeah. Like, okay, you know this is this is way back when again, just you know, someone tell me, uh, just because I, I actually didn't know the guy that really well. I knew one of his bartenders very well, and uh, he, he room going to be a roommate of mine at the time. And he was like, "Yeah, you all the more reason to come down here. I know I know Scott Hall." And I'm like, "Okay, you know." But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, speaking of that bartender, this has been about ten years ago, I guess. Um, and he was working, he's worked for several different, uh, big, big bars, uh, uh, usually a pretty prominent spot. He's, you know, he's, uh, in, in a bartending, he's, he's been at it, you know, since he was 21 years old. So yeah. anyway, um, he said that Hall was in one of the restaurants one day and they, he'd kind of talk to him and, you know, always left him alone, respect him, you know, but he, one day says, uh, a, uh, do you remember my buddy, you know, you worked with him in WCW, uh, Bobby Blaze? And he said, Hall just looked up and was like half crocked and went, Bobby Blaze. Now, there's a blast from the past. I just went right back to drinking. <laughs> my buddy said, well, I, I didn't go into much more detail about you after that because he didn't want to talk wrestling. That's for damn sure. And he didn't want to talk Bobby Blaze. So I was like, well, at least he remembered me. I'd been a blast from the past. You know? Oh, yeah. So, and um, I've got another story I'll tell later on. But go yeah, ahead. I was going to say, you know, people, when it comes to heavy drinkers, and I'm not, I'm not trying to romanticize anything here, uh, just because you're in public doesn't mean you want to be talked to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's let's throw out some different things here. So we went back to AWA, being mm-hmm. a champion, Diamond Stud. Um, of course, uh, I'm just going to throw this out. Um, apparently, when he got the Razor Ramon gimmick, you know, the, the, the Scarface, the whole the whole gimmick, the bad guy gimmick. Yeah. I heard I heard that he, he was walking through Miami Airport with Vince. And he was in character, and not one fucking person looked like this guy looks out of place. You know, like every oh, yeah. Cuban that's through there, and every Hispanic person, you know, is through there. And is like uh, he just he didn't stand out. You know, like 
you would think that guy, you know, as big as he is, like you said, he's six, 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 seven, you know, at 275, and he's walking around with that fucking gimmick. Big one. dude, yeah. Yeah. And no one, and no sold it through the whole fucking airport, he said. You know, like, is this shit going to get over or what? <laughs> you know, but of course it did. Yeah. But, um, uh, I always liked that gimmick, and uh, the one the one thing I remember about it, really cool, I thought, was um, uh, a friend of mine uh, who used to work at the Malenko's, uh, she's passed away now, named Phyllis Lee. She uh, helped with a lot of guys' career. I don't give her enough credit sometimes to the people she's helped. Uh, she'd mail out, you know, photos and, and promo packages and everything, but uh, she was, um, I was in Smoky Mountain, and she had called me, and said, uh, uh, watch Raw this week. And you know, I was like, okay. And anyway, nothing happened out of no ordinary other than, you know, Raw took place. And, um, you know, she she called later in the week uh, before I left town, and she's like, uh, that's my mistake. I don't want to tell you anything, but listen, it's going to happen this week. Watch Raw. So I said, okay, Phyllis, I will, you know. So I did my loop or whatever, and I don't think we had TV that week uh, for – we did ours on Monday, so I, I just recall being home to watch it. And uh, fuck, there's, you know, one, two, three kid come out there, Sean Waltman, and they done that angle, you know, like, fuck, that's why she kayfabe me. You know, she knew it was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen, but but uh, she couldn't tell me. She didn't want to tell me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And back then, I didn't – I had not heard anything, you know, was going to happen other than to watch it. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, he got up there and – one, two, three kid, and boom, got over like that, you know. Um, and you can imagine a guy being that big and that strong, and he's like, uh, I got to put this kid over that, you know, what, six foot one, six two at the most. Uh, you know, back then he probably weighed 185, 190 at the most. And, uh, but as you know, they become good friends and stuff oh, yeah. out of that, you know, and fucking made, made lots and lots of money together. Um, one of them being, uh, let's go with, uh, where you want to jump to next? I've got all kinds of notes, you know, I'm just kind of jumping around here. Um, but, you know uh, what? Let me, let me ask you, do you remember the first time you saw him wrestle? Like, do you remember an actual match that you first saw? Oh, um, let's see. Not really off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Okay. I saw him quite a bit the Disney, at the Universal tapings live, you know, down there. Uh, but no, as far as a first match originally, no, I do not just off the top of my head. It had yeah. to be an AWA when I would imagine if I, if, when I saw one. Yeah. You know, so, somebody, somebody on Monday or Tuesday, uh, posted on Facebook, uh, the match where he and Kurt Henning beat Mr. Electricity and, uh, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin for the okay. titles. That was, that uh, was pretty cool. I hadn't seen that in 30 yeah. something years. Um, and I, you know, I don't know about you. Did you, did you, upon seeing Razor Ramon, realize that was the same Scott Hall, or was there, did did it take you a while to make the connection? No, I knew because I was in Canada, like I said, and Eddie and uh, Goldie, or not Eddie Goldie, Eddie and um, Ron Starr, Eddie Watts and Ron. Oh Starr, yeah, yeah. They had been in Puerto Rico with them. Uh, I think I mentioned that off the air, and um, he had been down in Puerto Rico. Uh, I guess he was wrestling in Florida and Puerto Rico, maybe some AWA. I'm not sure. Either way, he is, he was making trips to Puerto Rico, and I think they'd stay, you know, eight, ten, sixteen weeks, whatever, you know, do a two, three month tour. And uh, when he made it, uh, you know, we was on a car together, or made the made the the, the uh, <laughs> Ramon, Ramon gimmick when he came on. 
um, you know, made his debut or whatever. And uh, they were like, man, they're so happy for him because talking about what a good dude he was. They loved when he come down to Florida or down to Puerto Rico, rather, hung out with them, uh, made the towns. And they said one of the things was, and this 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 is typical Ron Starr because uh, he he really had a good good mind for the business. But um, he was telling them, you know, Eddie Watts was like five foot, as Eddie would say, I'm five foot fuck all and 200 pounds, you know. And uh, so he was he was a smaller guy, but very, very strong and very well built. And uh, Ron was just, you know, at that point he was, you know, grizzled veteran. And he'd have to tell him like, man, you know, he'd be down or giving, like giving stuff to the Puerto Rican wrestlers and stuff. And they'd be like, no, you know, meaning moves and taking moves for them. Yeah. And they'd be like, dude, you're being too kind. You're a big, strong guy. You know, get your shit in. Don't don't sell this for this guy. Don't do this for this guy. You know, and get your big stuff in. And when you get it in, like, don't let someone kick out of whatever he was using for a finish at that time. You know, uh, one of his bigger moves. And like, this is a finish. This is not a. Don't let a guy kick out when you do this. And I don't even know what the example was. It wasn't a razor's edge, obviously. Yeah. But it was something, you know. And it's like bulldog, um, probably. So, yeah, they're just so glad that you know he made it and. uh um, to WWF and also that um, that he's you know hopefully they said you know he's going to work big that's what they said mm-hmm. and certainly he did he worked big you know yep. so and one thing um, you I know you learned is never take a big guy off their feet right yeah yeah, yeah I learned that in Canada you, people want to see them you know you got to stay mm-hmm. they got to stay in big stay strong up there top rope and that's it they're going to bend over a cell for you that's about it um, and I had that big seven footer Robert up there the Canadian giant and um, uh took him down and, and, um, you know, uh, what's the name? Carl, uh, shit. Draw the last name there. Uh, wore a patch on his eye. Fucking, uh, uh Olet? anyway, was it, uh, uh, no, um, old timer. Oh, anyway, okay, he, yeah. he was telling me in the locker room, um, about, about that smart me up about it. You know, like, Hey, you know, this guy's seven foot tall, legit. Don't, don't put him down there. <laughs> you know, you're six one or six two, whatever you are, you know, uh, Stay up there and, you know, sell for him. But when you do something to him, make sure he's still up on his feet, you know, selling across the ring, across the ropes, little things like that, turnbuckle, but dot down on a mat. I'm like, okay. And uh, I'll think of his name later on, about 3 o'clock in the morning probably. Wake up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do that <laughs> sometimes. But, uh, yeah. Um, so with that said, let's just um, – let's go to this right here. Of course, part of DX, that was a, you know, look at that whole deal. Um, from Razor Ramon. Well, he's still, you know, Razor, but still. Um, what about this? I'm just going to throw this out there. A curtain call. What did you think about that or after the fact? Or did you think of anything at the time? Or Well, um, I so I didn't know about it at the time. That happened during one of those points where I wasn't paying attention to the WWF at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things I heard about later. And it is somewhere between... I don't know. It, it was kind of a nice moment for them, but it kind of fucked with the audience and other people paid the price for it in the long term. Um, what, I mean, you, you know, you worked the business. What, what were your feelings about it? Uh, you know, um, I felt like it fucked the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, I really did. I, I, I didn't, I didn't care that they did it because, it, it, it's that's what they chose to do. Um, I didn't get like hot at them, nothing like that. Cause I, when I, I knew at the time was, was Sean. Uh, but, um, the, uh, to me, it was just like, um, 
I'm glad I wasn't a part of that show, you know. Um, but to, when I saw it and heard about it and this and that, I just was like, ah, fuck it. I just like, like fuck them guys. I was like, fuck it, you know. Um, people know what the fuck they're doing, and they know what the fuck they're doing. But I hated, and I, I understand, I can understand why, um, but I hated that was in Madison Square Garden, you know, one of the most famous that yeah. we talked about arenas in the world, you know, and uh, uh, TV and all that. And like, oh, man, you got to... Um, I don't know. I had mixed feelings, but I, I just went on about my business, man. Cause you know, um, all those guys were already successful and they continue to be successful once they split from there and, uh, fans in wrestling, um, they can be so demanding and not so forgiving at times, but most of the time, the wrestling fans you'll find they're very, very forgiving and very short term forgetful as far as if you're doing an angle or moving on, you know what I'm saying? Uh, now they'll remember something like we do from 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, and that, you know, cause we're fans as well. Uh, but also it's like, you know, I, I know that guy, uh, I remember seeing him on AWA and now he's on the WWF, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, yeah. We're like, and you wonder sometimes too, I used to do this is like, wonder why this guy and, and my brother and I had this great conversation on the way home from that uh, fan fest last week. We'd see a guy on Memphis TV and he, some of those guys never left. And the same thing with Georgia championship wrestling. But now that once <clears> I got <throat> into business and um, you know, I found out what well, the reason only didn't leave Georgia, hell he's making $300,000 a year. could be home every night. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lawler didn't have to go to New York back then. Um, he was making the, the regular towns and had a party office and uh, was making killer fucking money. Why, why would he travel to, you know, do all those things that, you know, that, that guys did at that time, you know, in New York, he didn't have to. Um, so it's just one of those things where well, you know, and, fans, and, the answer being the fans are forgiving. I think Jeremy, yeah. of, of that, they don't, don't, they don't forget it, but they're forgiving of it. Yeah, and, and one thing I'm going to point out about Lawler is he was a big, he was the biggest fish in a medium-sized pond down there. Yeah. He had yeah. talk show, I mean, he had regular crossover celebrity. He wasn't just a right. wrestling star. He had a talk show. I mean, he had all the celebrity you could want. There was absolutely no reason for him to do anything he didn't want to do. Yeah, right. You're exactly right. Yeah. But um, anyway. Well, well let me let me, let me ask you this. So. And I'm probably putting the card out before the horse here. One of the things I keep seeing on Facebook this week is that, and they, and they say this about everybody when they pass away, you know, so here's a guy who, who never got to be world champion, but should have, do you think Scott Hall would have made a good world champion somewhere? Um, well, you know, he was, like you say, he's tag team champion with, uh, with, uh, Henning, um, got big pushes once he, you know, got the business. But, um, you know, to me, uh, I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be a champion. And if he would have got a belt, I think he would have been fine with it. But um, I also think he's one of them guys that didn't really need a belt. He got over. Yeah. He knew how to get over. You know, once he got over, he got over. Um, he didn't need to be a world champion. How he would have done, I, I really can't say other than um, I would like to think that he'd have been a man about his business. You know, if you're talking – you know, either belt, let's just say, uh, WCW or end up, um, uh, WC, uh, shit, WWE or whatever, the main champion. I, I don't know. You know, um, I think he was drawing money at the part, part, part of the card he was on. 
I think he was drawing money. He knew he could draw money, and and he liked being in that 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 role he was in. Um, you know, up mid card, sometime main event, but didn't have to be the champion. Yeah, I don't think putting the world title on him would have done. I don't think it would have moved a needle in any real direction. No, I, you know? that's what I was trying to say, and not some yeah. words. Yes. Um, yes. You know, he had a couple great runs with the IC title, and I believe he was U.S. champion over at WCW. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think he was ever. I mean, I don't know that it's he didn't qualify or whatever, because I mean, he he end up in some high profile matches. Yeah. But you know, he's just one of those cats that the world title I just wouldn't do a whole lot. Like Kevin Nash should have been in that same territory too. You know, by the time yeah. he was, by the time he was NWO, you know, he was really mm-hmm. one of those guys that he was going to draw what he was going to draw with or without it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, okay, let's, um, let's kind of go in a different direction here. Sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, Scott Hall, what was your favorite match that you've seen him in? Oh man. Um, I really don't know. I, 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 I'll just go to this, um, him and X-Pac, or him and Sean, one, two, three kid, probably, because as my boy out there, you know, yep. going over in a fucking Monday Night Raw, uh, that one there, it was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed that. That's probably one I've watched the most, to be honest with you. Um, but I know what everyone's expecting me to say, and that is uh, the latter match with Sean, uh, with uh, fucking um, shit, God damn it, Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, Shawn Michaels, yeah. Yeah, I was, going, I was wanting to say Sean, but I was going to say Walkman instead of Michaels. And I was, you know, it, yeah, to me, I, I, that fucking match was phenomenal, man. You know, it's, it's the one that set the bar for all the, the ladder matches, I guess. Um, and you got a guy, well, first of all, Sean is a hell of a, a athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a lot bigger than what people think, too. Now, he's, you know, six one, six foot six one, but, you know, you got, you know, broad shoulders and narrow waist and, Pretty good legs, I mean, that, you, you That's mass moving around out there. Yeah. But then you got a guy at six 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 seven, two hundred seventy five, two hundred eighty fucking pounds. That's a lot of fucking mass moving around, taking those kind of bumps, putting your. But there, what I was getting on that is nowadays everyone thinks oh, I can do a fucking ladder match. Well, no, you can't. Not everyone can. But those two set the standard for it. And being big, strong, athletic performers and wrestlers, you know. Um, that, that to me is probably that, that should be my right answer. Uh, I throw it back to you. Am I right or wrong? Or do you have a, another match you liked? Um, you know what? It's not so much a match, but I remember when Colonel De Beers dropped him with that pile driver and it was this huge, <laughs> huge, long thing. And, um, I, it, not, it wasn't the first, but it was that handful. It came at the same time that Macho Man dropped a ring bell on Steamboat's throat and, a little bit later, you know, Jake DDT, uh, was it Steamboat again? DDT'd him on the floor. Yeah, on the floor, yep. Steamboat. Yeah, and so when they did this with Scott Hall, it was the same sort of thing. It's you know, it was yeah. going to end his career. And I remember um, De Beers gets up there and compares Scott Hall to the O-ring and the space shuttle. <laughs> Shit, fuck. <Paul>. Yeah. <laughs> that's a memory, Jeremy. Oh, Damn. Jesus Christ. That was, that's why he got locked in, because, like, we saw the space shuttle blow up in school that morning. Yeah. We were we were watching the launch and we saw it blow up, um, yeah. and so that when he did that, I was just like, "What a fucking son of a bitch!" You know? Yeah. What's uh? Sadly enough, you know, a lot of people know our age difference about ten years, mm-hmm. and um, um, 
I saw that also, and that's when I was teaching. And I never will forget, I'd written go to lunch, take an early lunch. I didn't have any class at that period. And a young boy, his name was Gabriel, but everyone called him Buck. And he opened my door up in my classroom. I had an empty classroom, just some computers in there. And he, hey, hey, Mr. Smedley, the space shuttle just blew up. And I was like, what? And I hear commotion out in the hallway and this and that. I'm like, what? And by, like I said, I was trying to beat the lunch bell. Well, of course, the, the bells are on timers. So people started getting released from classes, you know. Yeah. And I stepped down the hall to the English, was right beside me. I stepped down the hall to the English department and they had the TV already, you know, on like, oh, fuck, man. So it's, so you're sitting there in class and had that experience, huh? Yep. Damn. And and here's the other thing. This is why this all ties together, and I forgot about this. Yeah. The first kid I knew who died at school, her funeral was that day, too. Jeez. And so it's all this stuff that, like, all this, like, tragedy kind of sticks together in my brain, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's, like, the primary memory I have. Yeah. Well, um, see, that probably took you away. That was your escape, the pro wrestling. Well, yeah. I'm sure to a certain degree, yeah. You it know, was it so. was fun. It was dramatic. It was you know, yeah. it's masculine. You watch people beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's a lot of stuff I I really enjoy about pro wrestling, and, and a big part of it is you know in the real world you can't just walk around and slap a motherfucker for being a motherfucker, but you can in pro wrestling. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. All right, so we move past the curtain call and DX and stuff, and uh, I could say you know well we'll go to. Uh, Another, it wasn't necessarily a match, of course, is when the Outsiders showed up and the power, uh, was it a power bomb on Eric Bischoff, I guess? Um, threw him through the table or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so, so we'll get to all, all that happens, you know, the NWO, et cetera. But when I was t- working for WCW, I'm heading down, I think I was in Atlanta, heading, I know I was in Atlanta heading south, I'm just not sure where we was doing TV at, maybe Columbus, Georgia, or somewhere south of Atlanta. Uh, it's, I'm in my little rental car, you know, and uh, this big Cadillac passed me in this fucking Scott Hall, and he's by himself. And uh, he just looks over like, he honestly gives you the, hey, yo, you know, kind of look. <laughs> and I can see him today, seriously, you know, he's sitting there, and he's just grinning over at me, and Gives me the office, like, you know, and he just zooms by. He's fucking just killing it on speed. And um, I'm like, fuck, man, I just start cracking up. Because little, I've passed people out there on the road, and they've passed. You just have the, it's a weird feeling, I guess. It's like you know someone, you're start, you know. I mean, my brother and I, and I think my youngest was with us. We were coming, coming back from Cincinnati one time. And this, this truck pulled up beside us and passed us just a little bit. And I'm like, fuck that girl's good looking. I, I pull up her, pull up her. I was telling my brother. And then some girl we knew from Ashland actually heading home from Cincinnati as well. It's just one of those crazy things. You know what I'm saying? You get the, you're like, holy fuck, where are you coming from? I'm in from Cincinnati. So are we, you know, whatever it was. It's one of those crazy things. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so he passes me. I'm like, get down a the road there. I don't know how many exits I go. And I said, well, you know, time to, you know, I'm got catering, so I ain't worried about food. So I'm probably just a piss break and, pick up a, a can of soda or something or water or what have you. So I go into the the store, um, do my business, whatever it was. And I get to the counter and um, from the back of the store near the bear, beer cave, I hear, Hey, yo, Bobby. <laughs> I turn around. Well, I guess he'd been back there. I didn't see him because I just, you know, beer caves usually in the back, you know. Yeah. And uh, so he's standing back. <laughs> I turn around. I look, and there's a couple people in town, uh, in the store, rather, uh, 
let's see, it's about uh, being racist here. Southern town and African Americans were in the store, basically. Yeah. And Scott Hall and myself, okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm about second in line. So I'm like in between two people. So I'm like the Oreo cookie, you know what I'm saying? So yep. we're in line to pay. I, I turn around and look, and I'm like, just start smiling. He goes, Bobby. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you going down there? And, of course, I fucking, I say, down where? <laughs> man, he does me to cross. He goes, down there. <laughs> and, man, there was a guy in front of me, a guy behind me, and a cashier. And we all started fucking busting up laughing, man. I mean, it was hilarious. You know what I'm saying? It's like just a little country store, just, uh, you know, I get so anyway. I fucking I'm. They're laughing. I'm laughing. I pay. I get the fuck out of there. <laughs> I'm half ass embarrassed, but I'm also just laughing my ass off. They're laughing. I get in the car and go. Uh, last I saw him, he was there at the beer. You know the beer cave. So I go down the road, and of course here comes this big fucking Cadillac. You know about three miles in, just boom, looks over at, gives me the office like I got you, you motherfucker. Uh, by this time, you know, so a couple hours, whatever it was, an hour and a half goes by, two hours, whatever. I get to the building and uh, I'm sitting there eating and catering by myself. I mean, I'm like, I'm like Virgil at this time. I don't know why. I usually had someone to eat with or whatever, but this particular day, I was sitting at a table, minding my own fucking business, (laughs) sitting there eating, and here comes Scott Hall. Hey, Bobby. Is that seat taken? There's no one around me for 25 <laughs> fucking feet. I go, no, man, it's all you. It's got your name on it. He goes, you care if I eat with you? I said, not at all, man. Well, I'm trying not to laugh because of the thing that happened at the rent, the, the stop, the gas station. Yeah. And he sits there and he starts taking a couple bites. He looks over at me and goes, gotcha, didn't I? I go, fuck. I go, God damn it. That's funny, Scott. You know, just one of those rare things, that real funny, that happens in your life. And I can say, yeah, it happens, you know? Oh, yeah. So uh, it's just so fucking crazy. We sit there and ate. And I think, honest to goodness, I think we talked about a couple people from Florida, a couple places we knew, you know, because, uh, and we sit there and bullshitted and, and uh, just had that moment, like, you know, it's funnier than fuck. <laughs> so, um, I guess the only thing would have been funnier is if some of the boys were around and would have seen it, you know, and they said, man, he got you good. And I don't like, but they didn't. But, but I think what makes it even more funnier is just the, the people that were in the store, uh, fucking bought it too, you know? No, but see that, that would have been the killer. Cause you know, especially at that time, they all knew who the fuck that was. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, cause you know, I mean, there's different points in history. You could be standing in a store and two pro wrestlers and nobody knows who you are. Yeah. But that yeah. was, that was Scott Hall. Everybody there yeah. knew who that was. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I had the long hair and a mullet. And like I said, I'm the only white guy, but I, I've been in that only white guy situation for So I was just like, I didn't feel threatened. I was like, just hanging out here. I'm getting a soda or whatever. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Guys was getting some lottery or some smokes or whatever they was doing. It was, it was just one of those things. But man, they wasn't like looking at me and going like, hey, aren't you on TV? Aren't you about nothing like that? But they said, hey, Bobby, of course, everyone looks to the back of the store because the way he said it is like, you know that voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I turn around and go, yeah. And then they, they're, they're looking like, what the fuck's going on now? You know, oh, fuck. They know that Scott Hall, like you said. You know, they, they know who the fuck he is. And what's he want if it's got him Bobby? 
you know, and he drops it on me. You know, you're going down there like, fuck. I, I didn't do it to fall for it. I legitimately, I said, down where? You know, because I'm thinking down where? Columbus, Georgia? Macon? Where are we going down to? Scott, he goes, down there. And he cross shot at me. And like, boom. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but man. that's that's uh, That's a good time. You know, I think that's... Uh, that's just one of the things I wanted to put out there. You know, um, one of the things I wanted, one of the things I wanted to ask about, and I, you, you probably won't know, or, you know, I don't know, but I did see a lot of on the day that it was announced and it was, it was before he was dead. So, I mean, before, you know, before anybody really should have been, a lot of people were already, you know, making him a saint. And then other people like the, yay, with all the shit he did, you know, don't go making him holier than holy. Now, I know he's he stepped on some people's careers and shit, but that was just by virtue of being in the group that he was in. Yeah. Have you ever heard of him doing anything particularly despicable? No. Yeah. Okay. I'm not just saying that. I don't not that I'm trying to I don't know personally that like I said, man, I treated people like they treated me and we was all respectful to each other. We had a little bit of a Florida connection, that was that. And to get ribbed like that, that was really cool, you know. Um, but as far as that goes, I, I didn't stick around a gossip mill too much anyway. Um, I had no business. Uh, it's not my deal. And, um, I never heard anything, honestly, you know, um, you know, I can't speak for like when I was in WWE or, or WF at the time, whatever. I don't, you know, know what happened there. I wasn't there. Uh, as far as when Atlanta, when we worked together there, um, like I said, there's been shows I've been on, and I can't remember all his matches and the stuff they done. You know, I'm just saying it's just. Uh, uh, but I never heard him. You know, I never heard him bitching and complaining to to around me. Uh, now he may have behind closed doors, but I'm talking about out in you know catering and out in uh, dressing rooms and stuff like that. Now I never heard anything like uh, fuck that guy or you know anything like that. That's. You know, he done his own thing, um, as did most of us. And, again, I can't say what they did, uh, you know, in another locker room or behind closed doors or whatever because I wasn't there, you know. Uh, yeah. He didn't hold me back, you know. I wasn't in a position. I wasn't on the same level of card he was. But the thing about it was he knew I knew Sean very good. And, um, you know, referring back to that match, um, he sure as hell helped one of my friends out get a push, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um Again, uh, just by guilt by association, sometimes I'd heard that, you know, you're around a certain group of uh, individuals and one acts this way. Next thing you know, it's that herd mentality. Maybe you start acting that way or whatever. Um, that's just the rumor mill of, of New York, you know, uh, whatever. But nah, not, I have nothing to, you know, in regards to that. Um, well, yeah, but that's, you know. that's just the birds of a feather kind of thing, you know? You're yeah. Being, yeah. Yeah. You're, you know, it's just by virtue of being friends with yeah. the people you're friends with. I mean, you don't, you yourself don't even have to act like an asshole. Just a couple other people do when you're lumped right in, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, I, and again, it's one of those things where, um, he, he had certain demons and we know that, um, and he dealt with things the way he dealt with things. And mm -hmm. then just because, you know, um, uh, he passed away. You can't just, that doesn't make him a saint. He was just a human being. He was just a man and, um, you know, had a hell of a talent for wrestling, had a, you know, got a great voice, great body. They worked his ass off the get and, um, got that push that he deserved. And when he got it, he ran with it, you know, Yeah. and, and made the most of it. Uh, other things, all things considered, um, I say, you know, was a very successful professional wrestler, you know, um, but I, I don't think he's a, 
a sinner or a saint. He was just a man, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's just life. So Yeah. Um, let me re read this real quickly if you don't care. Yeah, yeah. On, um, you know, I mentioned time warp earlier. I'll get to that in a second. But on April, this, uh, let me see here. I think it's April the 9th, Jeremy. I'm going to be going to ASW, All-Star Wrestling in West Virginia, um, in Madison, West Virginia. And I am going to be the promoter. Gary Dameron asked me, and I got chills when I tell you this. Uh, was almost crying the night he sent me the message and asking me this. Um, and I'm doing this with great honor. Um, I'm inducting Tracy Smothers into ASW Hall of Fame at night. Uh, they've got an action-packed card. Um, they've got several other people, including Nate uh, Bush, is going to go into the Hall of Fame that same day. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know who's inducting him, but um, I wanted to put that out there. It's going to be a big show. It's an anniversary show. Um, I won't go into detail who all is there, man. Just go check out ASW All-Star Wrestling, uh, Madison, West Virginia, April 9th. And, again, I'm so happy to be a part of that. Uh, locally, you mentioned a time warp. On um, Saturday, May the 7th, I'll be at the uh, Bluegrass Wrestling Con at the uh, Kentucky Highlands Museum in beautiful downtown Ashland. Today being the first day of spring, by the time this rolls around, it will be very, very beautiful in downtown Ashland. Um, it's that building that Magnum said, hey, who would have thought a building of this size would hold this many people and be in a small town like Ashland, Kentucky? But the Time Warp and FTC. I mentioned Earl. also need to mention Joe, the wrestling agent uh, with FTC. But they've got Ricky Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, Buff Bagwell, uh, Shane Douglas, myself, and the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart coming. Now, there will be other people there from other events. Um, anyway, I was just putting a plug out there for, you know, Saturday, May the 7th there. Um, but I know we're about ready to wrap up our uh, Scott Hall conversation. Is there anything else we want to mention um, before we close out with that? Um, let's see here. Just that, him showing up on WCW the night that he showed mm -hmm. up by himself and came out of the crowd might be the last big thing that ever really happened in pro wrestling. Oh, man. You believe so, huh? Uh, well, because look at it this way. It changed way. it, didn't it? It did. It, it changed it. And since then, the internet and everything and kayfabe is completely dead. I don't know that you can ever outdo that. Because if you think about it, the last time people were convinced pro wrestling was really, really, really real was that NWO shit. Yeah. Um when they jumped, and then I was going to, the only other thing I was going to say was DNWO, um, when they started doing those um, uh, break-in commercials within the show, mm -hmm. and it looked all spotty, you know, and uh, shattery stuff, and uh, I think I think you've said this, I'm not trying to cop your line here, but I think also, uh, and I just saw a guy at the gym the other day on Friday uh, uh, working out. Had an NWO shirt on, Wolfpack. Um, mm -hmm. Those T-shirts really changed. Uh, people started, you know, what do you say? That's when wrestling T-shirts were cool. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, those, those commercials come on. But, yeah, you might be right on that, man. The last yeah. big thing hey, about. That, um, that kid at work the other day asked me, he was like, hey, so when uh, Scott Hall, or not Scott Hall, when Kevin, Na no, it was Scott Hall. He was when Scott Hall used that stun gun on Goldberg. Was that real? 
And I was like, no, man, you shit your pants when you get hit with a stun gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I know the money's real, right? That's the money's real, yeah. answer. And, and Goldberg probably said the same thing. Yep. You know, Of course, what Bobby Heenan said was true. They killed the golden goose. <laughs> but um, uh, let me also give a book plug, Jeremy, real quick. Yes. Okay? Uh, two books out there, folks, for all you wrestling fans. Uh, Jeff, you got a couple coming your way if you're still with us after that brief delay I had on us for the internet connection there, Jeremy. Um, Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boostful Travel. That's my first book. Um, it's got uh, over 130, I think it's 131, 132 reviews. Averaging out, it's about a 4.5 on Amazon. You can get that book if you go to tinyrail.com slash blazebook1. Uh, my second book is called I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler. You can get that book by going to tinyrail.com slash blazebook2. So check those out over on Amazon. If you're email or e reader preference they're both available for a couple other short stories on the site easy to download uh if you just want the uh, e-version of those books um but if you'd like to have a book like i do i just finished up the tracy smothers book thank you john cosper um i'll be seeing him real soon as well that's john cosper not tracy um so he's the author of the tracy smothers book um let me give that pl- quick plug here um, he's the one that wrote uh, the Chris Candido book with Johnny Candido. Yeah. Uh, but it's Tracy Smothers and John Cosper, and it's called um, I'm, I'm Barely Alive Now. And if you don't buy this book, everybody dies. So uh, <laughs> John sent that out to me. And uh, exactly. It's got oh, Tracy resting the bear on the front of it. But John was kind enough. I texted him on a Monday. Uh, he had me a book at my house by 9 o'clock on uh, Wednesday morning. And um, I took the time to kind of go through it and pick out some things uh, just to make sure I had some of my facts right. And, of course, I got me plenty of Tracy stories. In fact, in my second book, I kicked on to an educational wrestler. I personally have a message in there for Tracy. I did him to Rock and Roll Express, several other people. So, again, just a, a quick plug for my books. Go to tinyrail.com slash blazebook1 for pin me, pay me, have a for travel. Or also tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 for I kicked out on two DHK from wrestler. Um, so yeah, I, I, you got a little laugh out of that, huh? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. There's, yeah. there's a couple of things. Um, yeah. There are a couple of things like that. You know, if I hear any booing, yeah. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he says the, uh, the Tracy sucks. He go if get the microphone. So, you know, if I hear, one more person say Tracy sucks. You know, I'll leave the bill. I'll get my helicopter and get out of here. Yep. Uh, uh, and he'd say something and it'd be like, you know, people, you know, getting on, getting the heat going or whatever. And he'd say, but I dare someone, I dare someone to say Bobby blaze is cool or Bobby blaze is number one or something. And I'll be damned. They don't start chanting that. So there's no more Tracy Dude. sucks. So they don't leave the building, but they're chanting Bobby go, Bobby go. Okay. And guess what? Nobody dies. That's what Tracy would say. <laughs> As Tracy would say, and nobody died. Um, you know? Yeah, <laughs> there, there is. I think that is such a lost art that being able to get the get the crowd to out loud act the way you want. Like they used to yeah. be able, you know, promoters they could throw five guys in the ring, and tonight so and so is going to have to wrestle one of these guys, but it's going to be up to the crowd. The promoter already knows who they need to win. Yeah. And they know how to get the reaction out of the crowd. You have the guy start acting like a chicken shit. And you start, you know, yep. you, and, you know, Tracy being able to get the, the crowd to go along with that. It's just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You ever heard of the miser? 
You yeah. know what I'm talking about? The yeah. macho man Randy Savage's dad and Lady yeah. Popo's dad. Well, ICW used to come and um, here, here was the greatest the greatest gimmick they did, man. They had these just on regular paper, uh, copy paper, uh, for 25 cent inch each, 25 cent each, uh, Eight by tens, okay? Mm -hmm. And they always had, you know, nice pictures for sale or nicer ones, I should say. And Lanny was in charge of this, I later found out. They had grab bags and mystery bag, you know, all those things. But they had these pictures of the, of the, you know, like, um, what's say Hustler Rip Rogers. Yeah. And and they say, okay, you know, um, I dare you. And Hustler would get up there and talk, and I'm just using him an example. He said, I dare you. You know what? I hate Rip Rogers so bad. I want everyone right now go over and buy one of his pictures and rip it up. And fucking, we had run over. This is junior high, you know. <laughs> Kids, six, seven, eighth grade, ninth grade. We run over and fucking lay a quarter down, get one and fucking pay. Some, we'd wad them up and fucking throw them in a ring. People would rip them. But I mean, they're a quarter a piece, but I bet you they made $10 easy, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Quarters. And, and, but the, but the thing was, we was being fucking manipulated, you know, because oh, yeah. the baby face or, or the heel would say, I dare you to go over and fucking. And buy Leap and Lanny's picture, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. You fucking, it's just crazy shit, you know. Oh, it's it gets, it's it gets a, you involved. It's a lost but, art too. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't even know the last time I saw them do that anywhere. But yeah. you know, um, but Tracy was really good about that. He'd get people and that and his dance off. Uh, if you ever see him dance, it's really funny. He'd do the dance off of people. Uh, so these are just some things I, you know, just trying to had had on mind this week uh, for for what I've got to, you know, start writing a speech for. And, um, hopefully, uh, I'll just, I'll do, I'll do bullet points and talk is what my goal will be because I don't, I'm not going to sit there and read something word for word. Right. Uh, I, I, I don't read so good anyway, you know? <laughs> so, um, anyway. <laughs> God damn it, I almost choked on that one. Pre- wrapped up before we get out of here. You know, I, I can't remember if I've said this on the show or not, but because they both come up tonight, I feel like I kind of have to bring it up. It's uh, Nate Bush. Mm-hmm. Um, one day, he texts me, hey, man, you uh, you busy? You got a minute? Yeah, yeah. So he calls me up and they're talking for a few minutes and I'm not, you know, Bobby, you, you talked to me on the phone as much as fucking anybody has. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'll talk for a bit. And then when I'm done, I'm just kind of, yeah. all right. <laughs> you know, so Nate's, Nate's, you know, bringing up this, that, and I, Hey, hey man. So, um, yeah, what's up? What's going on? He's like, well, um, you know, I just, I, <laughs> I miss Tracy Smothers. <laughs> That's yeah. like, holy shit. Oh, that is like one of those things that I still think of, and it just brings a yeah. big ass smile to my face, you know. There you go, man. And both of them had a way of doing that. Yeah. So. Oh. That's good, man. All right. So, all right. So R.I.P. Scott Hall. Uh, we may not mean that most sincerely. Um, I hope everyone took everything we said um, just as it was meant. Just you know, we try to pay some respect to. Uh, uh, a fallen professional wrestler, a fellow brother, and uh, you know, uh, a man that done something good with his life at some point, and and um, took took what he had and made the most of it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, that's this is one of those things. You know, I um, my life has been affected by uh, by addiction as much as anybody's. You know, and I I'm not I don't want to glamorize it, but I'm also not going to stigmatize it. Look, lots of people have problems with with drugs and alcohol, and he had an incident that would be hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is just this is just some shit that happens, guys. And you know, if you if you do if you do feel like you're struggling with some substance, you know, there are places you can ask for help. 
You know, you can start with your insurance company through work, but there's also phone numbers you can go look up. You know, addiction is not not a romantic thing to put up with, and it's not like, you know, something you have to ignore. You can get help if you want. And that's as far into that as I'm going to go. Uh, I respect that, Jeremy. And I know we've talked about it on this program before. And um, I, I, I like what you said. And I'm going to leave it at that as well. Uh, that's very respectful. And that's um, uh, very kind of you get that in on this podcast. Um, without anything else from me, I'm just going to say this. See you at the matches, wrestling fans. That's right. And I want to thank everybody who... Uh, who you know came along and helped us out with this show, guys? You know, as we are winding down, and make sure I, I remember to thank everybody who really helped out, and that is me, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. I did this, and Bobby and Tex helped a little bit. <laughs>